Yep. Oh, that sounds good. Squeaky. Oh, the last, it's the last race of the year. Um, would you like to do a uh, in-person montage of everyone's favorite things? It's exactly like, I don't know if you watched the whole thing to the end. I caught up on it this morning of yeah. Sky Sports and they're all like, it's been a wonderful season. And they're Has trying it? to find highlights and they were, A, they're all rubbish. B, there was no audio, <laughs> which is very Seriously, Sky. they're so useless. I thought, I thought my AirPods had disconnected from my Mac. I'm like, what is going on? And then Kairos, like the production stopped and uh, Kairos kept going. I'm like, oh, they must I know. Bugging yeah, it again. Useless. It was very, very bizarre. Nearly as good as the Toto, just like lack of audio. That was <laughs> horrific. Skype. It was so long. Maybe we could all stand in a line like they were doing at the end of that production. It's just, just awful, reciting their favourite thing. They're like, yeah, what was your favourite thing? <laughs> oh, the British win. And then Natalie's like, oh, that's my favourite as well as Brundle's favourite. like, it's all your favourites. Yeah. <laughs> this is why, I mean, it's fine. You're British. It's to be excited it. about it. but We get it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, goodness. So you watched it live? Yeah. Ish. Yeah. You watched, watched it live ish too. I also yeah. watched it live ish. Well, I watched qualifying literally 45 minutes before the race was due to start because I hadn't watched it that time. <laughs> I was like, probably should watch qualifying. It's a good use of your time in between end of F2, which if- was actually pretty interesting. You didn't watch it? Nope. No. I had shit to do. Jack Dewan's front left going? fell off. Oh, really? Came What's- out of the pits. Was like going to be challenging for the lead as like out of 30, I think there's 38 laps. This is like lap 30, 29 maybe. Yeah, maybe right. I'm stuffing that up. But uh, yeah, he comes in. He's he's put the mediums on, gone long. Everyone else is on soft. So yeah. And um, everyone else is on the medium is starting to not have a very good time. So it's like this is looking good, really good pit stop, comes out over the, um, the curb where the exit is for the pits and just – we all oh, just keep going. Never go full house, hey. <laughs> just sometimes you have to. And I was thinking to myself, geez, that was a good pit stop. Didn't say it out loud. <laughs> but, uh, I, I could be faster to pit stop if I don't have to put the tire on. <laughs> well, in Formula Two, it's only one person. So, as in like per tire. Yeah. Um, so, yes, you're right. So, that person, he's like, well, I'm going to get a promotion yeah. now. <laughs> fastest ever. Fastest ever. <laughs> What's my metric? Getting the tire on. Oh. <laughs> Oh, well. <laughs> to be fair, the tyre was on. He managed to get out of the pit lane. No one said this had to be secured for my for promotion. how long he left the pit lane. I mm-hmm. mean, that's on him then. It's. Uh, I imagine the KPIs would be an interesting, an interesting thing for that whole thing. So is it, are we going to talk about this now or later? But did Sergeant, one. Did Sergeant end up getting the required points or yeah. did he stuff it up? Yeah, no, no he's in. Damn it. <laughs> that would have just been a fun line. And that's just... the podcast. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs> Um, the, the, as discussed last week, the best podcast to hear. The best of us. Uh, of us. The best of us. <laughs> yes. Full stop. That's your album name for when you release it. <laughs> when you release that. Uh, it's great to have you back, man. Thanks for having me back, man. I, I assume I did something right or Campy just couldn't be here and you guys were desperate. Either or. It's nonetheless. <laughs> yes. Nonetheless. I'm happy to be back. I'm happy to be back. No, it's good to have you. Uh, look, I think we could probably safely say that you have, um, you've definitely replaced Munnis as the reserve driver. <laughs> Who? <laughs> Who is that guy? <laughs> 
Um, so welcome, Cheers. welcome to the Daniel Ricardo position for 2023. <laughs> um, as in, you're not really sure what you're going to do yet. <laughs> Developmental driver. What does that even mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Zeke said something at some point and then you've released it. And then I've had to say, well, Zeke's got too excited about talking about it. So I guess, you know, if yeah, you sign on, Zeke. ridiculous, ridiculous stuff. Um, yeah, so like Abu Dhabi, that was good. And Formula One is done for the year after about a million races. Uh, we had Fray's podcast during the week, which was great. Was it? No. Uh, <laughs> what was it like to edit? I apologize. It was to edit. Yes, yeah. that is to answer your question. You do um, a brilliant job, you and Zeke, who've done the Freya's ones. The delay that Freya has because she lives in the middle of nowhere mm. is a mission to deal with recording it, but somehow you make it listenable. Uh, through a lot of uh, just like, oh, for fuck's sake, like literally <laughs> said time and time again. <laughs> of things that happen and then trying to align laugh and I'll be like, okay, that sounds good and I'll play it through. And then you'll both try to start talking and stop yeah. talking at the same time. I'm not going to lie. You talked about the McLaren livery at one point. I'm like, I'm just deleting this whole good. part of the conversation. It wasn't great. It was anyway. It's a terrible <laughs> delay yeah. and you were both trying to save yourselves from the hole that you've dug. And no, because <laughs> I hadn't read up on it. So I was like, yeah, it's shit. And she's yeah. like, yeah, well, it's about like promoting like a... Japanese artist. <laughs> I was like, eh, that's kind of cool, but it's still shit. <laughs> Just ripped it. Yep. So uh, I, was well, like, I imagine editing those podcasts is like getting given the puzzle pieces, like mixed up upside down and just throwing a box and going, there's a podcast in there, make it. <laughs> <laughs> and you just have to figure it out. It's hard when you're not there. Uh, I know that you've done a couple for us not being there as well. And yeah, you do have to listen through everything, but it's funny because you sometimes you just miss things completely. And I always find it amusing maybe three or four weeks later listening back to it and just hearing a rogue laugh where a very serious point is being said. You think, how the hell did that get there? Anyway, we're professionals here on Lakeside Drive. Yeah. Um, and so there you go. That's the that's the whole thing. Um, yeah, Campy's still not here. Look, he will be back at the beginning of next season, which we'll be reviewing this season. We're going to have a couple of weeks off to talk, uh, sorry, to sort of – Recoup from the 2022 Formula One season. Um, a slight cross promotion Extreme E is happening this weekend. So uh, my whole attention Whoa, will be focused on. on that. You allowed to do that? I've got it. No. Uh, I've got <laughs> a point to just remove that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thank you, Zeke. <laughs> uh, good. Uh, but that's, and look, that's exciting. And then Dakar happens. I'm not doing anything for it, but I'm just excited for that to happen. And then Formula One starts again, basically in, in February for testing in Bahrain. So, it is a very, very small off-season. Uh, one thing that I will say before we jump into talking really about the podcast is that we're going to do a box of neutrals versus lakeside drive situation. I don't know exactly what it, It's all going to be video content. Uh, so we're going to hopefully have one or two days in the first couple of weeks of January to get together, do some karting, do some pub quiz. I don't know. Um, Rob James did mention that potentially he's going to try and get uh, Rusty, Greg Rust, to come and uh, like MC a little wow. thing for us. Uh, it's probably not going to happen. So uh, Daryl <laughs> Summers will be a good second to that, I guess. Um, and if, you, if you listen to, uh, to Box of Neutrals, you'll know the uh, the significant references, the Australiana references. Uh, we don't bother doing that in this podcast because they have sat- Hey Hey It's Saturday in Spades. I did look like Dickie Knee that one podcast when you could see the back of my head. <laughs> 
history. If you get your hair back, you do. Yeah, it's yeah. tied up today. Oh, well done. Uh, so anyway, if you're interested in in what that might look like and you want to help us out with suggesting some challenges, please do because we've got a couple in the bag already. Um, we've got a couple of volunteers to come and film it, but if you want to be involved as well in the day as uh, some, I don't know if we do maybe some listener versus listener stuff or we try and fill out a, a grid of a go-karting session or something like that, let us know. You can send us an email um, or you can get on the Discord or you can get on Instagram, send us a DM. All of the links are in the thing below so you can find out that. But, uh, yes, Box of Neutrals versus Lakes I Drive will be very fun. That's it. That's the whole podcast, I guess. Thanks very much. Uh, no, but you can't say that three times already and no. not end it. One day you've got to like end it. Follow through on your threat and just end it. Why? <laughs> and the podcast. <laughs> so a couple of things have happened since. Uh, since we caught up last, uh, Logan Sargent has got super license points enough to race in Formula One. So Latifi out, Schumacher out, definitely. Um, Hulk and back has happened, and uh, Daniel Ricciardo is going back to Red Bull as the third driver, which is by all accounts happening. Um, all he needs to do is sign. I think he probably just wants a couple of weeks off drinking some of that very average St. Hugo wines that he decided to put together um, and charge a lot of money for. There's a lot of better Cabernet and Shiraz in Kurnawara and Barossa. Please go and find it. Find a small producer that's not owned by an international conglomerate. That'd be great. Uh, and it'll be good for him, I guess, because he gets to have time away from the track and then he gets to do cool things. Like he'll probably do the show's thing for Vegas as well. Um, Mark, though, I mean, it's been an, a hard year for Danny Rick. There seemed to be a lot of love from McLaren saying, thanks so much. And the memory is like, yeah, cool, but you also terminated his contract a year early. Um, he also gets a big payout from him. And one thing that I've noted here is, and I've only realized today is that we haven't seen Zach Brown for many, many, many races. That's not necessarily a bad thing though. Is no, it? it's great. <laughs> I ain't complaining about that. Yeah. No, I, it's, I honestly don't know how to feel about it. It's uh, it's weird because obviously this was the the Seb round, let's say. Uh, the, the championship was decided. Yeah. It was all about Seb, which was cool. Mm. But then like, yeah, it's, it's DR's in the background. Like, we just don't know exactly what this all means. Like, we don't know what his drive for next year means. It's, he's not signed. So, I mean, what is he actually going to be doing? Is he a standard reserve driver? It didn't sound like that based on what he was saying to this guy, uh, commentary team after the race. But then what is he exactly doing? He did mention that he's not going to be there every single weekend. Is he just flying in like a Hulkenberg whenever they have a, an issue? Like if for whatever reason, Checo Max can't race, is, is Dia flying or, or maybe even for, for Alpha Terry as well? Like mm. I don't understand what, what this actually means and how does this actually, I guess, advance his chances of getting back on the grid in 24? I'm just confused. I don't know what to make of it. And I don't know if we, I really love the idea of him even going back to Red Bull, to be honest with you, but I don't know. I'm just I'm still getting my head around it all. It's very difficult. Uh, if you watching you'll notice my hat collection has made it migrated from my home studio from where I normally do Freya's podcast to here um, and I'm also wearing Daniel Rick merch I have spent way too much money much like that was very dusty my guy you could have cleaned that which one <laughs> the, the original one. Daniel it's not dust mate that is that is me yeah, that's walking you. the dog a lot that that's is you. rain and sweat and just overuse yay yeah would that's... you like to smell it no I'm good okay, just thought I'd ask <laughs> That's not what you said earlier in the week. Uh, but f for you, Tommy T, I mean, it's interesting. He's going back to, to Red Bull. Uh, there is a lot of this like, okay, he's got future plans. It's all good. 
Maybe it's not all good. It, as you said, Mark, it's Seb's round. It absolutely was the focus. Latifi got left out of a lot of things. Poor Gotifi. Schumacher got out, left out of he's a Canadian, lot. He's Canadian, he's used to it. Um, and DR sort of had some. I will give Sky F1 a bit of a, a sort of an up to say that they put a little highlight reel together for him, um, which was a nice touch. But for for what that means to his future... It's going to be fun for him to do the David Coulthard, Mark Webber, jump in a car and, you know, do some burnouts. But is it going to be enough? Do you think he's going to find a happy rhythm again? Will he maybe even figure out that he doesn't want to come back to the grid? Maybe. Maybe. It sounds like Red Bull want him and he's kind of like holding back a bit and going, yeah, but I kind of want to work remote and I want to come like (laughs) – Every second Sunday, I want to like come to the office. Like I don't want to come all the time. He's he's kind of just making his own terms. It seems mm. like I want to live in the states a bit more, and I want to mm. do all these other interesting things that he's wanting to do. He's got a lot of affiliations with some American companies, and I think he wants to pursue those, like race service, something that we like. And I think he's not just going to be stuck being like a baby sim driver, which is what a lot of the reserve drivers are. Is like. I'm here, I'm turning up early and I want to, I just want to be a driver and that's all I want to do. He's he's done that. He doesn't have to do that. And I don't think Red Bull need him to do that. They've got other juniors that can be the sim kind of lackeys and run all these like projections and things that they need to do. They don't need Daniel for that. He's going to be like a break glass in case of emergency. We need a superstar driver. I like that. And I, I think like that that's what he's positioning himself as. Yeah. You've got your... Um, long sleeve Daniel Rick merch on as well. I do got my race service. That's nice. Yeah, that's a nice bit of merch. Uh, look, I think you're right. Helmet Marco did say that Liam Lawson would be the reserve driver. One of the things that I think is interesting is that, and it's funny, we sort of going back through Seb's history, we've been sort of like, what's his first position? The third driver at Sauber, third driver. I haven't heard the term third driver for probably since Seb. Uh, and it's always been reserve driver and you know, they've worn many different coloured hats and like Nick DeVries has driven for about 15 of the 10 <laughs> teams this year. Uh, but it's been like, you know, Danny Rick will be our third driver if he signs. So that's an interesting thing in it into itself. There's a couple of different tinfoil beanie situations out there. One of those is that he's getting in to the Rebel family so that he can assist with the sale of Alpha Tauri to Andretti slash Porsche and then come through alongside Colton Herter to be an American loved and, you know, born and raised duo for that team because Alpha Tauri then wouldn't have to have any Red Bull juniors and it's unlikely Nick DeVries and Yuki Tsunoda would then continue. Uh, of course, there's a whole bunch of other stuff, but at the end of the day, who knows what can happen. We've seen plenty of drivers get sick over the last couple of years, not just through COVID, but other things can happen as well. He would be the break glass in case of emergency for a lot of teams, I would imagine. Um, and so, look, if it means that he's happier... Awesome. Yeah. Uh, and we can sort of hopefully move on now from the anti-McLaren mm. sentiment that a lot of us and a lot of you and a lot of people in the world have felt so that we can be positive about Oscar because yeah. we, it has to, we have to move on to that now. Yeah. Um, and uh, and really sort of support him as much as we can from a home base point of view. I mean, we are a home podcast for him from Melbourne. So, yeah, I just think it's, it's going to be good for a bit of healing. Yeah, okay, he's come crawling back to Red Bull, kind of not really, but uh, it'll you be- You can't really crawl back to the 
guys who just won the championship, can you? No, and exactly right. And look, <laughs> sometimes you make decisions based on career. If Lewis Hamilton's Mercedes role didn't work, uh, sorry, switch didn't work for McLaren, then he would have, you know, similar yeah. situation. Okay, he would have won one world championship and then done an Alonso, maybe chasing Ferrari and a whole bunch of other things around the place. So anyway, so that's happened. Um, and yeah, Seb, I mean, we heard your thoughts about Seb, but Mark, your thoughts about Seb overall from a from a point of view of an Australian fan back in the day to now? Well, this is the irony of it. Like, like I, when the Sky guys were talking about like their favourite Seb moments, I couldn't come up with one because all of the good Seb moments, well, not all, but a lot of them came in those Red Bull days and I despised Seb back then. <laughs> we all so, did. We so, all did. Which is the odd thing because now I absolutely love Seb. So I, I don't know if like... I have one of those moments where I'm like, yeah, that that, that drive from Seb or, or whatever it might be. But it's just I, that's that's how I feel about him. Like, how have I reconciled with this dude to the point where I absolutely now adore him, given where I was maybe five, six, seven, yep. ten years ago? It's just odd and weird. And I guess yeah, that speaks to his development as a person, maybe mine as well, as I've sort of matured. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it, it was super sad to see him go. But I guess the good thing about Max wrapping up the title so soon was this race here was literally just about Seb. Like imagine if Seb was retiring at the end of last year with a whole Max oh, Lewis yeah, thing true. was going yeah. How would you even cover that topic of Seb leaving at that point? Would it be a complete afterthought? Whereas this time around it was like Seb mania. So it was awesome from that perspective. Yeah, I completely agree with you on that. And uh, I can only imagine he is exhausted from answering <laughs> questions for the last week, but heaps of touching tributes. The Aston Martin social media team needs a specific shout out because they did some phenomenal content across the course of the weekend. Uh, he sort of mentioned that he's not really sure what his future would look like. Uh, I listened to your favourite uh, Formula One episode, uh, podcast rather, with him beyond the grid during the week. And uh, Tom Clarkson did put the message, uh, the question towards him saying, you know, if Helmut Marko, who's 80 now, retires, is that something that you would like to step into? And he didn't rule it out. He didn't say yes, didn't say no, but it'll be good to have someone like that. He's sort of like, for me, the next Nicky Lauda, who mm. absolutely mega in his time, phenomenally respected across the entire grid. Hated to some degree left. at some point. Exactly right. You know, really caused a lot of controversy through uh, some of his wins and um, had some big things happen. So I think because the sport's kind of missing that, isn't it? They don't have that sort of the guardian of everything. Like yeah, Jackie with- Stewart's too busy doing Rolex things to really care too much about that. And the rest Ross of Braun's are- stepping away from yeah. that's right. his yeah, role. That's yeah. Yeah. So uh, anyway, it's been interesting. The, the final thing I want to do before we get into Discord comment of the week is to thank, and I've actually just realized you're actually a pay driver also because you are also one of our patrons. So thank you, Mark. <laughs> pay driver. <laughs> the, the Nicola TV on yeah. the podcast. You are Sergei Sorokin. Uh, that's how bad it is. <laughs> Uh, no, but thank you to you and thank you to the rest of our patrons for uh, for supporting us through this year. It's been great. Uh, Freya's podcast will continue um, up until, hopefully up until Christmas. I know she's got some interviews hopefully lined up with some cool people in Formula One now they've got a bit of time to to talk. So that'll be good. But uh, yeah, massive thank you to you, dude, and, and to the rest of you guys, wonderful people who help us do that. And now it's time for the Discord comment of the week. Very good. Uh, gets better and better. I'm going to miss listening to that. For in fact, when I get access to these buttons again in a couple of months, I'm going to be excited to uh, just play that. Um, the Discord comment of the week is from Campy, and it quite literally just says "fucking McLaren." <laughs> there was so many to do, but he was. It was unusual Synced. that uh, that he was on. So uh, anyway, there you go. <laughs>
Well, I don't know if you heard in the cold open. I don't know if James is going to leave that in, but I quite literally double ended and listened to uh, watch qualifying. And context then went, is important when you say things. It like- is <laughs> cold open, double ending, but <laughs> just go with it. Yep. I literally just watched qualifying. <laughs> Perfect. Cold. Yep. <laughs> watched qualifying straight into the race. I saw nothing of it other than. I thought they did an excellent job with the live painting guy and the mm. all of the things they were doing on the grid, they were just doing extra for the sake of it. Mm. The flyover is where I want your opinion. Mm. Give 787. Me, give me your whole thoughts. Great. I mean, not supposed to have flyovers. Abu Dhabi didn't care. Of course they were going to, like, they had the <laughs> uh, Eddie Had crew holding the flag before. I was like, excellent. Eddie Had crew means Eddie Had plane. Uh, yeah. I mean, it would be nice to have seen him do something a little bit different than just fly straight safely. I mean, come on, dude. Hopefully there's no passengers on the plane. Give us a seat. <laughs> Imagine if it's a commuter see, flight. <laughs> just, they so, time the start of the Grand Prix and like, oh, that's, uh, that's EY084 from Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> what the uh, what yeah. were the planes accompanying? Oh, I don't know. Why don't I, you should know this? You're yeah, they look. Oh, look, I wasn't looking that close. I was more looking at the uh, the commercial jet, to be honest. Really? Yeah, I don't know why. That gets you going, not the. <laughs> that's I just what you've heard. Real old. People who know. <laughs> <laughs> now I'll tell you this, Rob. People who know airplanes, uh, it's. I just love the wing of the seven eight seven because it looks like a glider wing, and I used to fly gliders. That's my the whole thing. They look like some kind of Soviet block, old. I don't know, crappy. Something. Fighters, they weren't anything exciting. So I, yeah, I they, kind of glanced at them and was like, eh. They are throwing some colours behind. They were doing interesting things. Yeah. If Sweet. you would like to throw some colours behind the big, for the opening, the new intro that we record for yeah. next season, that'd be great. Is that you just can like be LeBron the clapping? Jet. Is that when he claps the chalk? <laughs> is that the same thing? Yeah, it's exactly it's the same thing. Uh, <laughs> yes, it's exactly the same thing. Why? Because he's the goat. Uh, so, yes, flyover is, is and flame emoji is all I've written. Um, unless yeah. you wrote that for the TV notes. No, nah, it wasn't <laughs> I think it was me. Okay, good. Uh, Not a lot. Yeah, look, I mean, end of the season, everyone's tired. Listener, watcher, I know you also are <laughs> exhausted from uh, a season that has two more races next year. Remember that. According to Freya, there's about 1,700 more races for next year. But it, it does feel like... Yes, it was all about Seb. Yes, it was a bit of extra show. I kind of think Old Mate should have picked a different name apart from Mr. Dripping as a live performance artist. Um, I think branding-wise he might need to adjust himself that way, but otherwise his product is good. Yeah. Uh, and J- having JB there was good. Jensen did a great job and had some really great chats with the likes of Seb and Daniel and a few others. I was too. excited for Karun to walk around and talk about all the improvements he's made, though. <laughs> we missed out on that because that was excellent content Did you listen to that time. podcast as well? With no, that? I didn't. Oh, what a surprise. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but it looked good. What did you think of the broad? I mean, I also fell asleep when something happened to Alonso and I didn't bother rewatching Same. it. So, <laughs> Can we get that Bollywood burger back? Can we get oh, back? Oh, yes. <laughs> the grid walk was horrific except oh. for that part. I, I, I like Ronda was like, this guy probably is famous, surely. Yeah. Like the, the get up he's in, he's yeah. on the grid walk. Surely he's some big dude. And yeah, he was just some random Bollywood guy. I'm not a Bollywood follower. Maybe he is massive. But mm. He did. He did look the part, and very and respectful. Shouts to him, like the the way he was just like carrying himself. Like a lot yeah. of people probably would have been disrespectful. Like Brondel asking, <laughs> "You don't who know are you who again? I am." Yeah. <laughs> like there, was, there were a few guys, like the cricketers, and maybe and um, who was a, the soccer guy? I didn't follow soccer, but the the coach, the ball dude. Yeah, he was a bit standoffish, but this Bollywood guy was like all about it. That was mm. awesome. So, yeah, he was my favorite part of the race. Like, oh, I agree. It, they should have to sign like uh, releases that like if you want to go on this grid, you you are approachable. <laughs> Like, Brundle will come up to you, be ready. 
Yeah. And that's kind of otherwise rack off. I thing is all and if anyone actually watches Formula One, run the last two questions. Like who yeah. are you or based, are you based on yeah. like what do you do? Yeah. So a good thing for English cricket or you know, you're saying bolt, blah, 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 Hamilton connection, and then who what do you think will happen for this race? Yeah. So as so long as you're happy to answer two questions. I mean, if you don't want to talk, fine. They're not that the tricky problem, usually. The problem is you if you get on the grid and you make that decision to be standoffish or your PR or your agents there to say this person's not gonna do live television, just know that that is negative press on them because people who like Brundle and like the grid walk and the awkwardness of the grid walk. Oh, like Brundle it. just says it as how it is. Like he'll walk around, like after his little chat with Seb's dad, love Seb's dad. What an absolute awesome human being. And he said, I apologize for my English. Like I can't quite hear. And as Brundle said a couple of times, it's a shit nightclub kind of noise wise. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and he's like, oh, well, lost in translation there. But otherwise, just be happy yeah. to talk to the guys. Like I, I thought the English cricketers were pretty good. Joe Root wouldn't shut up other yeah. than that. Like they were. Good. They wanted to talk. Probably because they had a couple of, I mean, they're holding prony 0.0s, but there's probably a three and a half percenter in there, and that's not the first <laughs> On one. On our way to Pakistan, it's fine. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah. right. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I think that was it. Look, it wasn't too bad, but thank goodness it's over. Yeah. Uh, I really hope that they really look at the lineup for next year and maybe throw some fresh faces in. Naomi Schiff has been a brilliant addition this year, I think. Uh, let's hope some other yep. new additions More can come through. Yeah, she's brilliant as well. Um, the F1 TV lineup, though, apparently was fantastic. And I know a couple of people who are not in Australia who were able to watch that really enjoyed the commentary team and the presenting team. Next there. year, right? We get it. Yes. Which is very, very exciting. <laughs> it's Campy's beer. Campy, who's in your bin this week? <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, look, McLaren will always be in Campy's bin, I think, for for this year. For I'm trying to think of any bin-worthy things. Do we even talk about the text message you got? Did we talk to Campy about the text message you got? Just no, like, never, the ending? I, never Okay, never we'll put that. It. We'll put that in the bin. <laughs> Campy, I'm going to put your okay. yeah your own content in the bin. <laughs> uh, that's an offline conversation, which is completely terrible for podcasting. <laughs> it is. Sorry, <laughs> we'll show you, Mark. Yeah, I got it. after this. Uh, all right, let's. Uh, Let's thank our sponsor for this episode, which is NordVPN. Uh, they've sponsored us for a couple of episodes and they're going to continue to the rest of the year, which is fantastic. Um, as we've been saying for the last couple of weeks, you get a really awesome discount with them when you sign up for a two-year plan. You get four months free uh, and it's a 30-day money bank guarantee, which is fantastic too. So if you don't like it or it's not working or whatever else, then you can just cancel it, get your money back. That is awesome. Um, here is a, a thing that uh, an actual usage of it. Uh, one of the things that they've got is a uh, dark web monitoring. Now, um, I used to be a Medibank customer back in 2008 uh, and then cancelled when I joined the Defence Force and they still have my data for some reason and now it's all on the dark web. <laughs> Lovely. Uh, <laughs> but I only got told that because NordVPN dark web monitoring came up and said, hey, this is the this is the information that's been leaked. Um, the, here's what to do. So it actually stepped through a whole bunch of things, um, which I think is really fantastic because when something like that happens, you don't really know and it can be yeah. a bit scary. Um, so that was incredibly helpful. And then I joined a class action against Medibank because so I was like, why have you still got my data from that long ago? Anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, but that was incredibly helpful. So that's a real world, especially in Australia at the moment, well, kind of anywhere, but if you're an Optus customer or Medibank customer, that really It's kind helps. of on you as well, though, to be honest, Debbie, an Optus customer. Well, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> trying to support Daniel, unless, I know. Unless you want to sponsor this podcast, Optus, <laughs> in which case... <laughs> shut up, Tommy. But if you don't... 
be better at cybersecurity, <laughs> Optus. Uh, but it is incredibly helpful. So we've been talking about moving region content, and yes, it's been funny because Campy watches all of the Real Housewives of insert nation and city here. I think he's currently on like New Orleans or something. He's moving his way through every state <laughs> and city. What was really funny, Mark, is we had him. He was getting his iPad, his MacBook out, and he was looking through different things. And he opened it, and what was on? It's literally street? Real Lives, uh, Real Housewives of Atlanta. Is was serious? up with like a current episode. Yeah. Like, oh, wow. no and then he completely denied it. I thought you guys were just trashing him. But no, like it's legitimate. Nope. It was and like what a what a series to trash he him about. Claim that his partner was watching his laptop for some reason. Well, because last like, time I, was I in- would not let your partner touch that <laughs> laptop. <laughs> And if he had NordVPN, then it wouldn't be such a big issue. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but anyway, NordVPN, look, thanks again for for uh, sponsoring this. Um, and if you want to help support the podcast, part of that, you can uh, get yourself protected and also do that. Go to nordvpn.com forward slash lakeside drive for that. Uh, the information is also in the description below. Let's go through our team-by-team analysis, gentlemen. We're going to start at the very back of the pack for this weekend, which is Haas. Uh, they finished eighth overall this uh, for this year. But uh, Mick Schumacher finished in 16th, finishing in 16th overall. Um, and Magnussen finished in 17th this weekend, finishing 13th overall. So not terrible for them. Of course, they've moved two places forward to where they've been for the last couple of years, which has been good for them. Mick Schumacher, of course, Tommy T is going. He did some donuts and got told off for doing so. I mean, what are they going to do? Like, it, it's it's really giving muck up day, isn't it? When you're just like... <laughs> What are you going to do about it? I've already sat my exams. Punish me. Go for it. I can just walk out. This is a good insight into what you were like in year 12. No, Maybe, that's good. Is there a good, like, real technical reason why you shouldn't be doing that? Like, I'm not – I don't follow the sport for the technical nature of it. I don't I don't get that uh, Imagine perspective. Parts. Of it. Imagine it's like a deer for – an engine or something. But, like, if, are they going to be using these parts again? Like, I don't well, know. it is Haas. I mean, yeah, maybe. <laughs> they're still using stuff from 2017, True. I'm pretty sure. True. Can they sell that current car to raise funds for next year? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but I just thought it was hilarious because he started doing yeah. it and they're like, Mick, stop doing donuts, please. Sorry. Can you stop doing it? Stop doing donuts, please. Stop it. And he was like, okay, love you too on the radio. It was a real like. <laughs> it's, yeah. Oh. It's interesting, especially when they do those kind of, uh, what do they call them? Those spin turns. Quite often, it's quite easy to light up the wheels if you want to. Mm. I, can't, I can't imagine there's a lot of strain on the diff. It's not like a lot of resistance to get them going. How, how do we feel be. about a dude finishing, what was it, 16th, doing donuts? <laughs> yeah. Generally, yeah. Like, well, Danny Rick finished ninth and did donuts as well, to be fair. Yeah, I get it. Two points. Maybe that qualifies okay, for a donut. Yes. <laughs> he did two, one donut per point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's like end of the season. I'm not here. Yeah. Let's do some doughies. Yeah. Relax. Looks- I feel sorry for Mick Schumacher. I one of the things I found really interesting is that Martin Brundle said that it was more about the entourage that Mick mm. brought into Haas, where Haas is getting frustrated with the amount of people and right. other bits and pieces more so than Mick's performance. And the question was put to Gunter at the beginning uh, of this weekend. Basically, said if it was Mick rather than Kevin who got pole last weekend in Brazil, would that have changed? And he's like, no. Wow. So it is the the hanger oners and the Maybe the people who are trying to do things for Mick and people from maybe his dad's life more than anything trying to be the custodians of Mick and his career that are just getting in the way and having Which we too don't much see, opinion. right? No, you don't see it all, uh, which is why I think he leans on Seb so hard because Seb is not in that space to be dominating. Mm. It seems like there's a lot of people who are like, Mick might be my ticket or which you see a lot in basketball and other sports. That's true. There's a lot of people, a lot of entourages hanging around trying to get their own little bit of whatever it is. 
maybe there's a case of that. Or they have the best intention that they're just trying to protect Mick because they cared about his dad and the career and they're trying to advise, but there's too many voices and too many kind of differing opinions. And it's uh, such a small team. And Huss, as small as they are, do have some very credible people who know mm. what they're doing. They're lacking funds and resources. They're not really lacking expertise, I wouldn't have said, in in those leadership and decision-making. Mm. So I think they're kind of like, we know what we're doing. Can you rack off? Like, Yeah, it's still sad for him, but I think we spoke a little bit about last time you were here. But Hulken back as a replacement, I think, probably hurts more for him considering Hulkenberg's never been on a podium in Formula One. Yeah, I guess. But like, I, I, if the decision was okay, we kind of want to rid ourselves of younger drivers because maybe they just got burnt so much by mm, the whole. They're listening to you, James. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like if that was the decision, we we just need someone that can score. I don't know, fifteen, twenty points. Maybe yeah. that's the difference between us finishing eight and seventh, or potentially even like fighting for six with Alpha and, and Aston. Like, if that's the decision, then I don't think they're wrong in deciding that. It sucks for Mick in that sense, but maybe it is the best thing for him as well. Like, go be rid of that reserve driver for Merck. Maybe you come back in. He, he seems pretty confident and adamant that he's going to be back in 2024, which is interesting. Maybe that's, uh, well, I was going to say without, with Audi, but it wouldn't necessarily be Audi at that point. Like, uh, maybe he's, maybe he's yeah. eyeing off that drive next to Bottas, uh, Bottas rather. But I don't know. It, it is odd that he's so confident that he's going to come back in 2024. I'm not necessarily that confident yeah. for him. But yeah, I don't, I don't think they're wrong in going to Hulkenberg in that sense. But yeah, I could understand why he's maybe annoyed at that because he doesn't necessarily, or Hulkenberg hasn't necessarily done anything in his F1 career to maybe justify no. coming back at age 35. But I mean, it is what it is. He'd come back and get a lot of force maybe. <laughs> Mate, if a husk can get Husk's a four, exactly. They're like, hey, we'll You're take our guy. Yeah. You're our number four guy. You don't need podiums, man. Let's like points. Any points is good. Exactly. Uh, Williams, Nick Latifi having a DNF. Poor bloke. Some kind of electrical failure, I think. Uh, him and Mick had a spin for old times' sake at Just... Abu Dhabi. Have a spin. Contact again. Like, I love it. It was those two last year and it was those two again at Abu Dhabi. Um, he finished 20th in the championship. Good news is he finished ahead of Hulkenberg and Nick DeVries uh, in the points. That would have been brutal. 22. Uh, Which DeVries was looking like he could have taken him for a second That's there. right, yeah. Uh, and Albon finishing in 13th, which was actually not a bad drive for Williams. Um, and overall, Albon finishing 19th, which to me kind of feels a little unfair with some of the drives yeah. he had. Like, let's remember Melbourne, he did, uh, what was it, 54 out of 55 laps on mm. the same set of hard tyres. Always just out of the points. That yeah. was always the yeah. unfortunate thing. And by all accounts, that car is an apps, is a worse piece of junk compared oh. to last year. Um, and even listening to Nick Latifi's interview with Tom Clarkson, he's like, I will go in thinking, because it's understeered every other time, I'll go in and then I'll oversteer. And he'll be like, Why? This doesn't make any sense. And yep. I mean, it's easy to say that like, oh, I'll just drive faster and everything else. And Danny Rick's sort of the same situation in the McLaren. Like, I just can't understand why it won't do what I want it to do all the time. And when you don't have any faith in the car, then you're not going to be able to get to those performances. Yeah, I don't think they want perfect cars. They want predictable cars. So yeah. it can be flawed in a certain way. But if I know that that floor is that and mm. it's the same consistent floor every time in the same kind of degree... I can work around it and drive around it, and which is what Carlos Sainz was kind of hinting at. The problem with the McLaren, and it sounds like the Williams, is they're just unpredictable beasts week to week, mm. different problems and opposite problems. And it was uh, Logan Sargent had this massive lock-up and spin in FP1, um, and he's like, I don't know what happened. 
It's Williams, mate. That's what happened. <laughs> uh, and so it's you, you can't blame Daniel Rick for not going to Williams, for not going to Haas, because whilst you have glimmers of performances, you don't want to be stuck in that position because it will be worse than we currently are. So even if he never gets anything back again, but to be part of the Red Bull family and doing donuts for a living and being paid, he still gets his $24 million from McLaren without Suckers. any... Right. Uh, fantastic result for him. Alfa Romeo got sixth in the championship, which I am very shocked by and completely forgot that they were even contesting for it. They ended up on the same number of points, um, 55 points, I believe, which I think is is phenomenal, is one of the other teams. But um, it has to be said that Bottas finished 10th in the championship, but I feel like his second half of his season has been some of the worst performances mm. he's had. Whether it's his fault or not, I'm not sure. But Joe has schooled him, Mark, completely. I don't want to admit that because I am a <laughs> VB fan, but it kind of felt like that. But I think on the broadcast they said, and maybe I'm quoting this wrong or remembering wrong, or maybe I'm just completely making it up, but they Good. said <laughs> they said that Alpha- You'll fit in here. Yeah. <laughs> they only scored four points over their last 13 races or something of, to that degree, which is just like ridiculous, which is to your point. Like so much of what they were doing was in the first six to eight yeah. races where VB was consistently, like in that Norris role where it was- maybe sixth, seventh, eighth kind of thing on the grid. So, like, they really did uh, get it right, I guess, for the first eight races, but then completely fell off. But whether that's VB falling off, whether that's the machinery, I don't know. Mm. But, yeah, Joe was probably better than him over the last 10 races, which is a little concerning. Yeah, we just had to put your finger on because you can understand that the smaller teams may be lucking into the correct setup or the correct kind of development in this new regulations, having some quick wins and then everyone catching up. But then that doesn't really explain the drop-off of VB and the kind of rise of Joe. Mm. Like, uh, we still know that he's a quality driver. Maybe he's distracted or he just wasn't engaged as much as he has been or he just didn't like the direction of the car and Joe did. It's really hard to figure out. I I wouldn't have predicted him being kind of – as level as it's ended up being this season, I would have thought he would have clearly He's been ahead. He's carried his bad luck through to Alfa Romeo, to be perfectly honest, because that's one of the things. I mean, Joe, and congratulations, Joe, you got Rookie of the Year. That was a fantastic bit of content. Like, I gave him this really t- tiny novelty trophy. <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> Great content. But for, for Joe to be the only rookie on the grid and to be consistently scoring higher up, not scoring points all the time, but at least outperforming, yeah. it's great. But... He finished 18th in the Drivers' Championship and Bottas finished 10th. So early doors, Bottas came out. And remember, we were talking about like he was yeah. ahead of George and, and everything else. So he had a really strong it was start. Him and K Mag were just the surprises. They're like, mm. where did they come from? Well, yeah. and it happens. New regulations, Ferrari powered cars, generally a lot faster. And then everyone else does developments and they get left to the back of the grid. So that's what kind of happened here. But again, mm. sixth for Alfa Romeo Sauber is a great thing for them. Alfa Tauri, though, ninth in the championship. Ninth. Massive change in year for them where they don't have that same design philosophy under Adrian Newey's eye from last year. Um, Gasly finishing this weekend 14th and then 14th in the championship. Sonoda finishing 11th this weekend and 17th in the championship. Uh, Really, Gasly couldn't care less about this team anymore and there were some nice tributes and everything else. He's like, thank you, but I cannot wait to bloody leave. Do you think 14th is worse than you expected from Gasly starting this season? Yes, but that's based because I expected Alpha Tower to be a lot better than yeah. what they were. Like the team just collectively was. Are they the most disappointing team this season? I, th- I absolutely think yeah. they are. Where they were and winning and, yeah. and Gasly putting in those top performances and hovering around sixth. I mean, the, Norris has kind of been the guy hovering around seventh. He's mm, in yeah. fact got seven for the last, finished sixth this weekend, but seventh overall in the championship for the previous five races to this. Mm. 
and that car really has no business in there. So similar kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That he Gasly was drove, driving that Alpha Tower incredibly well last year compared yeah. to Sonoda. So I would say yes. But the fact that he finished in in 14th and Sonoda only finishing in 17th with the Colasa Martins kind of around there as well and, and then the Alphas and the Williams and um, the Haas cars, it's it's interesting. I would have expected them to at least be better than Haas. I, I, same. I, same. I, that's why they are disappointing. But, like, I mean, ultimately it felt like he checked out for the last at least five races. Yeah. yeah so I'm not necessarily going to hold that against him. And if I was in his position, I would have checked out like years ago. <laughs> so, like, I can't blame you or fault him for that. So, uh, yeah, it is what it is. But hopefully upwards and onwards for him in, in, in LP next season. But I can't blame him for checking out. Which mm. is like, and if we, I don't want to jump, but if you think about how Ocon's drove the second half of the season, he's been quite aggressive and taking on his role as the kind of guy sticking around. Mm-hmm. Whereas Alonso's he's the one checking out in that situation. I wonder if Gasly's kind of underestimating his teammate next year and thinking he's going to slide straight into number one. I don't think Ocon sees that in any way. We know that guy has an interesting view of how the world works and <laughs> he's very self-important and fancies himself the best driver and the the kind of the hero of the story. So I think Gasly's kind of in a, for a rude surprise if he's – cruising through, kind of foot off the gas and just cruising off into the summer, mm. uh, expecting to get into next year and just walk straight to the top seat because I think that's going to be a much tougher battle than he's ready for. My whipping boy. Except it's going to be whipping team because it's going to be both of them in the same team. team. That's so true. Uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. We will come to Alpine. Let's talk about Aston Martin now. They finished seventh in the championship um, uh, being on equal points. So it was 55 points with Aston Martin, 55 points in with Alfa Romeo, but Bottas got better results overall in the season, which meant on count back they were ahead. But, yep. yeah, if Vettel got past Daniel Rick. Yeah. Aston Martin would have been six. So anyway, it's it's interesting. But for that, those battles to be so close um, all the way down the grid, I think is very interesting. And it kind of shows maybe a little bit too much field spread for my liking already in this new generation mm-hmm. of Formula One. But uh, anyway, nonetheless, it was, was great to, to see. Um, Lance Stroll finishing an eighth. He had his very classic like, no, I'm not here. So no one kind of pays him any attention. He finished 12th overall in the championship. Uh, sorry, 15th overall in the championship. And, and Seb finishing a 10th point for his last race, which was great. And he finished 12th overall in the championship. So Aston Martin, Mark, seem like they're getting a little, getting it together a little better. I mean, Seb's came out and said, you know, it's not been great sporting-wise for me for the last two years, but there's some really good people. So maybe the campus is really figuring it out ahead of next year. I hope so because Alonso is going there. So I'm, mm. I'm hoping that's the case because obviously I want to see him. But he's very patient and understanding, so that's fine. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's definitely who he is. But um, I don't know. Like you mentioned there, that like strolls just in the background. We never think of him or think of, or, or just do anything in relation to him. Like he's just a guy. But like this race, I was noticing him. Like when I saw him in eighth, I was like, no, <laughs> get out of that position. You can't finish ahead of Seb. Yeah, in I Seb's agree. Last race, I was actually so freaking pissed off that that occurred. So should have been I'd, team orders to swap them around. <laughs> that would have been nice, but that, obviously that wasn't going to happen. So like. I did notice Stroll this time around, mm. and I didn't want to notice Stroll this Ooh, time around. That's yeah. interesting. So, about you? where did they finish on the season? Sorry, Seb finished in twelfth, and Stroll finished in fifteenth. That checks out in my mind because Seb was always the one pushing and really moving that car forward. It seemed like Stroll was just kind of floating around and opportunistically taking mm. moments. So, yeah. 
oh, we had a safety car at a random time. I can just take a free pit stop and go long or whatever. I've been going long anyway, just hoping for things to happen, which is just kind of his attitude, it seems. He hasn't been the one – he hasn't been the aggressor. He's kind of had a few good qualifyings, but you'd think Seb has always been pushing and been unlucky. Like even this week he had trouble in qualifying, didn't he, when he was stuck behind some Red Bulls. Mm. He still got to Q3, which is impressive. But I'd argue the team almost did – Seb a disservice with some of their organization and strategy when oh, absolutely. he could have performed way better than what he did. Yeah. And Stroll getting 15th feels about right, to be honest. Mm. Let's also not forget, I mean, I know Seb said, oh, it's not been great sporting wise, but he got two podiums last yeah. year in an Aston, you know, two seconds, which was fantastic. I know one of them got taken away from him, but that kind of performance in a car like that shows a brilliant driver to me. And I know we've all changed from hating Seb to now it's all fine, which thank goodness, because a lot of who he is now is, is a great role model for a lot of these younger drivers. Um, I just don't know if Stroll pays any attention to it. No. And it's just very bizarre to me. Oh. Like you see all the, the tributes and you see everything else and the photos. And I just, we're, we're, Get it. We'll talk about this probably in the season review, but one of the questions I want to sort of put to a lot of you as well, and I'd love to know your thoughts on this, um, you can jump on our Discord or you can leave a comment if you're watching on YouTube, is how long does Stroll stay in this sport? When does he get Does he get kicked out? Does he decide to leave? Because at the moment, as a youngster that he is, there's another decade in him if he wants it, driving a car around the grid, being kind of like average, whatever. But he doesn't show up. To like, there's no emotion. There's no like. He's, oh, he's like, an NPC. That guy does not participate in the world. <laughs> hey, he's just a, a good, muppet. That is a good point, <laughs> NPC. Uh, let's talk about Alpine. So they came in fourth. Um, Alonso had a DNF, which is unfortunate. He finished ninth overall in the championship. But one thing I will say is that he was defending set, defending um, for Seb, keeping Ocon behind him for a while. Now, Alonso was in DRS for Seb for a long time and was absolutely not putting it in a position to overtake. He was putting it in a position to defend. And so that is massive stocks up for me for Alonso, um, whether or not he actually was really meant to do that or not. But I think double fold, A, helps Seb out, B, tells Ocon to piss off. <laughs> like I think was phenomenal from him. Yeah. Certainly the opening couple of laps and then Ocon managed to get past, I think. But uh, yeah, I mean, Alonso couldn't wait to see the back of that team, Mark. Well, exactly. And I wonder if that was part of it. Like, why am I going to bother trying to overtake mm. Seb? Like, we were probably going to finish fourth. I don't really like he was a team at this point. As we went, as we went to see, the car obviously folded and just crapped itself. So he had nothing really to to gain by storming up the, the positions anyway. So. Except make your new team happy, maybe. Well, that's yeah. right. True. Always look forward. Politics. Yeah. Love it. So uh, anyway, and Ocon finished in seventh. And eighth overall, uh, let's talk a little, bit, a little bit about McLaren because Danny Rick finished ninth, which is great. He finished 11th overall. Lennon Norris finished in sixth, which is a good result for him. Um, got fastest lap too. And what I think I loved about him at the end of it, he's like, oh, I got fastest lap. We clearly had the fastest car all year then. He kept saying that in every interview he did, Sky Germany, Sky um, for F1. I think it that does was, seem that like a brilliant. joke murderer, doesn't he? Finds <laughs> one funny thing and he's going to plow it into He's the, campy. Yeah. Or he steals, he steals jokes joke before stealer. you start recording and then he oh. started. Do that has a full season of campy Dude. just stealing your jokes. Before we, it was hilarious. We, we were doing cold opens and we just like start chatting before hitting record. And I'd say something, he was like, oh. <laughs> and then he'd hang, hang on, he'd be it. like, exactly that. And then he'd plant it like he said it. I was like, cool. Yep. It is what it is. There was a bit of a moment there in 2020 where we weren't sure this podcast was going to survive. <laughs> Let's just put it that way because of some of that. Um, but yeah, look, McLaren overall finishing in fifth. 
as we've sort of said, let's, I think, as a podcast now, put a pin in that, the the negative side of McLaren, because uh, today um, Oscar Piastri will be in a McLaren. Uh, in this year's McLaren, and he's going to be in Papaya, and we've still got an Australian in that team. Um, it was interesting seeing a lot of the stuff coming out and and even listening to a couple of DR's older sort of podcasts from this year where they talk about what's it like going into McLaren. And again, I mean, I've been there as well, and you walk through like, oh, okay, I there's so much that just blows your mind. Prost's car, Senna's car, Hakkinen's car, Raikkonen's car. Have you car. touched any of those by chance? Yes, I have. Many of them, <laughs> as much as I possibly could. <laughs> I was with Tanner Faust and he was trying to get into the cockpit of one of them. I was like, well, he's a McLaren driver, so he's, I'm just going <laughs> to... He's also a lunatic. Touching so. stuff, all left, right and centre. But it is, I think, for Daniel, hopefully he can also sort of say, look, I've been part of that history now. I've got the first win since 2012 and, and he still yep. has that. For uh, for that next generation of Australian driver now as well, for Oscar, he's going to have those same feelings. So I'm excited for him to have that. Yeah. We've got sort of through all the crap that happened with the Alpine contract release and Fernando and Seb and everything else now. So, uh, yeah, I think as a podcast it's going to be good to look forward to happier times. Um, I hope that, you know, Zach leads him well and Andreas leads him well and he has he's welcomed into the team. Maybe Daniel struggles this year will help push him into a better direction for next year if the car needs a complete um, new redesign philosophy or whatever else. So uh, let's just keep fingers crossed, shall we, because I, I think it needs to happen. Definitely. And we got to. Like, we've got no other option. But even if we didn't have another option, like, you want to see this dude succeed. Mm. And I think inherently we all like McLaren anyway. Like we were annoyed by them for for obvious DR yeah. reasons, but mm. I think deep down we all still appreciate and like McLaren for who they are as a team. Like I want to see McLaren back up there, like legitimately challenging potentially Mercedes and Ferrari for like for two or three. Like I still like yeah. this team. I want to support this team. And given Piastri's going into that team, I'm hoping for good things. And I think everyone should be. Mm. I think all the points that we made about not going to Ferrari still stand. Unfortunately there was just this weird mismatch of alignment with Daniel and management and direction of that car that maybe it's just a difference of eras and mm. styles and things and maybe Oscar is young enough and more yep. malleable to just kind of jump in and go, I don't know how an F1 car is supposed to be. I'll just learn this one. Makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Which is kind of what Lando's done, if, if I'm being honest. He knows no different. He's never driven any other car other than a McLaren. So he has no reference point, whereas Daniel's driven a world-class uh, world championship level car at Red Bull mm. when he first got there. He helped develop that Renault at, from the point where it was pretty disgusting to the point where it's actually now competitive and beating the team that he's currently at. That McLaren got worse when he got there. So I don't think that was ever a mix that's that's worked and responded well. I think he's really struggled with trying to find – ways to improve and that's something he's always done no matter where he's been so hopefully oscar's young and naive enough almost in the right way Mm. that he hasn't got all these preconceived ideas of what it should and could be kind of holding him back yeah and look from a positive spin point of view like if if this is mclaren at their worst and lando can consistently put it at seventh eighth ninth or something like that then that's probably a good outcome for, for oscar like if you can hit Maybe you won't hit Lando levels next season, but if you can be 80, 90% of that, consistently get into that ninth, 10th place. And like I said, if this is still a bad McLaren, like if this is them at their worst, that's that's a good thing, I suppose. Yeah, it's a great point because like, well, 11th for Daniel this year is, that's not terrible. 
Mm. That's really not that bad, I wouldn't have thought. Yeah. And I mean, they could have easily finished fourth. Like, I, I, didn't, I don't want to trash DR here, but like, had he been a little bit better, like, they could have easily finished fourth. Mm. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, there is scope here for this for to a, be. For a what really... we're just saying is a terrible car. To exactly. Fourth. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, there is scope here for Piastri to come in and, and do some good things. And um, I'm hopeful that's the case. Yeah. Mercedes. Next up, they finished third overall. Um, Hamilton having his first DNF, well, Mercedes' first DNF all year. Um, he finished sixth overall in the championship. Russell finishing fourth overall in the championship and finishing fifth this weekend. I think I read a stat that this is the first year since 2002 that Se- neither Seb, Alonso, or Hamilton have been in the top two drivers. Wow. Yeah, ridiculous. It's an era, isn't it? Isn't it? It's a ma- it's twenty years of these three legends, one mm. going away and coming back again. Seb, it's going not away. quite the same, but it feels like tennis almost, like men's tennis. Mm. Is that like the three kind yeah. of dueling people at the top all the time, and everyone else going, "Can I have a go?" And no, no, you can't. <laughs> no, you can't. It's true, but look, Mercedes seem to be really going in the right direction um, for for twenty twenty three, and there's a lot of momentum now. They probably exposed a couple of their weaknesses this track compared to Brazil. I think they, you know, it's luck on their side, and and Red Bull couldn't figure out tires, so they were allowed to be a little bit faster. Um, but certainly, Hamilton will be chasing down his eighth. For, for next year, uh, I think he said in one of the press conferences he's going to be very happy to never, ever drive this car ever again his entire life. Yeah, well, usually he stipulates in a contract that he'd like the car at the end of the season. He said, nah, you no, can, you can have this one. I don't and want Toto it. said, I'm, we're putting this in the foyer so yeah. we know that <laughs> the mistakes that we've made. This in is the, the mistake. Yeah, oh. it was great that his audio had worked when he was in person. <laughs> uh, let's, let's talk about Ferrari and then Red Bull. So Ferrari finishing in second, Carlos Sainz finishing fifth overall in the year, fourth this weekend, and Charles Leclerc second and second, which was was great, and that's how they finished um, for the top three is the first, second, and third was how they were on the podium. Charles was happy this weekend, like really happy because, well, his car worked, the strategy worked. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe I'm going to say these words, but I'm actually happy for Ferrari. Like the How fact dare you. <laughs> in the bin, but like I'm legitimately legitimately happy. Like the fact that they got second or Char got second a second because of strategy. Considering all the nonsense from earlier in the season, I'm not suggesting that this is a change of wind or anything like that. And then they're just going to nail the strategy going forward. But I don't know. Like I, I am a Ferrari hater, hater at heart, but at the same time, it was nice to see them nail this at the end. And in particular against like Red Bull, like Checo should have got second. He probably should have got second in had this thing tied up a long time ago, but he didn't. He left the door ajar. So for Charles to get in there, Ferrari to make it work from a strategy point of view, like the irony isn't lost on me and, and it is cool to see that happen. Yeah. Carlos Sainz almost having a better weekend as well. seems like he's been the forgotten driver all year, Tommy T. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to cape for Carlos. I think he's had an incredible year despite some very bad luck. You might have heard in Freya's podcast I mentioned, quick to forget that a DNF – uh, is not just the the current race week. It's usually the next race week you're starting at a deficit because you're usually having to take a grid penalty for engine parts and then all these That's other things. That's very insightful of you. Look at me go. I know. Goodness. It's like I'm prepared to know what I'm talking about. But <laughs> I don't exactly. Uh, but I think he's done very well considering all of those kind of uh, things impeding his progress. Uh, and I don't think that Leclerc is that much better and I would be very interested to see next year if that kind of swings and maybe Carlos has the upper hand with a bit more luck. I mean, it's wide open again for next year. Uh, and I think Ferrari know their weaknesses. There's conversations about Matteo Bonotto retiring. I don't think it's actually Bonotto. I think there's a bigger issue at, at, at play there. So, look, let's hope because we I really want a four-way 
championship contention, you know, like Seb's first championship. It was all the way down to the wire, 2009, similar situation. So getting teams closer so you can have one driver from three or four teams being able to win the championship in the final couple of races, that is where it becomes juicy. So, yeah, we need Ferrari as Formula One, as there's too many races and the fans need something a little bit different. I mean, this was a done and dusted early kind of um, season, but for next year we need a different team, new blood to come in and take that championship because if we have a max domination, the sport will die an early death when it comes to that interest, especially drive to survive if Daniel's not around next year and all that sort of other stuff. So, I hope Ferrari also do well. <laughs> Put myself in there. Uh, and Red Bull, of course, absolutely dominant. No surprise. Max Verstappen first. Perez in third. Um, what a week, though, between the absolute tension and massive falling out to, oh, everything's fine and rosy. Yeah. Tommy T, what? Well, they I knew mean- they had one more week to get through. I think that was it. They were like, come on, guys, we can just suck it up. Like, we're so close. Let's not have this explode into the media and really sour what is a good year. Mm. When you think about it, it is an excellent year and it's the best Adrian Newey car ever. It's max dominating with the most wins in a season. There's a lot of positives. Let's focus on that and not this little squabble that we had in the second last week. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really towing the party line, isn't it, Mark? Well, that's what I was about to say. Like the, the, the annoying part about it all was like they treated us like dopes. Like, we had the footage. <laughs> we saw the footage. We heard on the footage what was happening. Like, don't pretend, don't send out a PR release saying Max was only given this information at this point or this point. Like, just, just own saw. it. Move on. Yeah. Just shut up. Like, that, that's that's all I want to hear from them. But yeah, I mean, it is what it is. They seemingly uh, are back on page. I don't necessarily believe it. Um, I'm, th- I'm, this could be something that rears its head again, or maybe it won't because Max is just so much better than Checo. But I, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But uh, it was an amusing. 24, 48 hours of news cycle, I guess. Yeah. And who knows what happens in Formula One? We might get two weeks from now and Danny Ricks announced to be alongside Max Verstappen. Or Hulkenberg. Well, that's our team-by-team analysis done and dusted for the year. Uh, We'll, of course, go through a much longer and more in-depth conversation about each of those teams in our season review podcast in a couple of weeks' time. But let's talk about fantasy now. A massive thank you to the 160 people who have been part of this competition for the year. Here are my picks for the the funny names, although there's a lot less than than we've had changing. So uh, I see that everyone is over it. Uh, sad chewy noises. Ashley W. Ferrari could fuck up a wet dream. Uh, Robert F. Yas. Yas Queens. Seb. Daniel. Mick. And Nick. Uh, David W. Always praying for an Ocon retirement. Nicholas H. Tired, sad, and ready to re- reclaim my sleep schedule. Kelly W. Don't ask me for a team name. I have my reasons. Nathan D. Very, very good. The top three in the race. Uh, sad chewy tears. From uh, the USA was Ashley W on 293 points. Second was Wolf in Sheep's Clothing um, from Australia. Reese R on 270 points. And Ferrari could f*** up a wet dream. Robert F. I'm going to have to bleep myself so many times this episode. Luckily, I'm throwing markers, Zeke. Um, and uh, here's, here is the, the competition that you really care about. So the top three for the year. In, in third spot is three-peat dreaming Raymond M from Australia on 4,331 points. Well done to you, Raymond. Second is, do I get merch if I win this? No, Jess, you don't. <laughs> uh, from Australia, Jess Q. And, I mean, two points were in it. 4,000. 
353 points to her. Um, and first, all signs point to Carlos. Louise B, 4,355 points. Louise, uh, please send us a DM on um, Instagram or shoot us an email and you will get some merch for winning no, you the championship. Get, you don't get merch for winning. You get merch for the best name, right? We no, don't yeah, We I'm, don't care about the I'm athletic also, pursuit. I'm it's also giving the funniness. No, I'm giving, an, I'm giving some merch <laughs> to the winner of the, the championship as well because it, like, if you've actually decided to go in and change – because this is the worst website in the world. Oh, my if God. If you have to combat that and you've won it, you're getting a T-shirt. So yes, send me a demon, true. you'll get a T-shirt for that. Um, as I've said, Boxer Neutrals versus Lakeside Drive is going to happen in a couple of weeks. Uh, in Well, in January, we'll film some stuff. So please, if you've got some interesting challenges, you want to see Campy do a, a swimming. I mean, <laughs> part of me is morbidly curious to see a rave in a pool. Is it too late to add like a ringer, like, I don't know, an ex supercars driver to the Lakeside Drive family to baby win some challenges? 100% not. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Problem is, we'll Never too late. T- problem is we'll turn up and Mark Scaife will be on there too. Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> so, come on, damn it. Um, but, yeah, guys, thank you very much for that. Mark, thank you for, for I said, for being a, a patron but also for joining us for the last couple of um, episodes. It's been great to have you involved. Um, we'd love to have more of you involved as well. If you're interested in, in joining us for a show, uh, please sing out. If you're interested in joining Freya, please sing out as well. If you've got podcast equipment as well, that would be preferred just to make it sound a little nicer um but it's been a a very long year it's been a very very long year um so we are we're very appreciative to you for listening and for watching um this we've had 160,000 downloads of this podcast now which is which is a great number um and this will be our 161st episode which is an average of about 40 episodes a year since since starting so it's been it's been good it's been good i think we're all ready for a break as i said earlier freya's podcast will continue um but a massive thank you of course also to campy uh to david manis no just kidding because it doesn't exist in this podcast anymore tommy t to you a massive thank you to you for for this year zeke for joining us as our producer mark k for also jumping on as well um freya's done an amazing job in adding her podcast to the mix as i said that'll continue very excited for that um and if you want to support the show, you can become a, a patron. We'll, we'll absolutely be continuing content into next year. Um, you can buy some merch, which I'm not wearing because I've got too much Daniel Ricardo merch. There's a Lakeside Drive mug here that you can't buy, so that's good. <laughs> um, but, yeah, thank you to you all for listening and for doing whatever it is that you do because, yeah. And what is it, Mark, that you have to do? Uh, I don't know, mate. You threw me a cold over. I think you just need to do what you want. The do, do the things. <laughs> We just pay your way onto the podcast, so I got it. <laughs> Where is that big bag of money, by the way? <laughs> well, we can go. My sound button, not press the button that I want. <laughs> <laughs>